Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Yes, indeed. Welcome to Rescue Radio. Sorry we're a little late today. We had a little battle with the Prince of the Power of the Air, so let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this very beautiful day, that you are the Lord God, that you are in control, that your will be done. We come in in under the assignment of the Most High God to do your will. Father, I pray that this broadcast, because of the demonic interference, will reach triple the amount of people that it would normally reach, Father God. And I thank you, Jesus, for covering us all with your peace, your power, your protection, giving us eyes to see today, ears to hear, and a heart to grasp the revelation of your love and to understand, to walk in that grace, that love, and that mercy. Father, we pray for healing and deliverance for those who are troubled and tormented by anxiety and panic attacks. And we ask you now, Lord God, that you would tuck each one into the safety of the palm of your hand and that you would broadcast this, Lord God, because you are the Lord God of all things, including the airwaves. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us divine protection for your salvation, for the demonstration of your love, your grace, and your mercy through your shed blood. Thank you, Lord. You made a way for us. You bought and paid for salvation all by yourself. Lord, there's nothing we can do to add to it, Lord God, but we can walk in it. And we thank you, Lord God, for the um, promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. So we pray for divine covering and protection for all of us this day that Satan will have no open doors, that our eye gates, our ear gates, our our agreements, Father God, will be with you and with the spirit of, of the living God. And I thank you, Lord, that there will be no shame, trouble, or reproach, uh, no retaliation. Lord, I thank you that you're showing us so powerfully the reality of spiritual warfare. So thank you, Jesus, for again blessing us and for our conversation today with Joanne. I thank you, Lord, you're the wonderful counselor, you're the, you're the faithful witness, Give us your testimony today, Lord, and show us what you want us to understand. Welcome, Joanne. Thank this you. Is Joanne, Joanne Smith. She was with us a couple of weeks ago on panic and uh, fear, anxiety, panic attacks. And today we're going to be doing part two. So, Joanne, um, just give us a little, you know, little background on what you do and why you would want to talk to us about panic. I have suffered from panic for many years, and so it has become an extreme interest for me And that's because I really now have a heart to help people who are feeling the terrible dread, the terrible pain of panic attacks. Let's just review for one minute uh, what we talked about last time so that people will know that they should go back and uh, listen to the uh, foundation that we laid there. We talked about how so many people go to the emergency room Probably, I have heard the figure that 40% of the people that go to an emergency room are actually having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good idea to go the first time because Mm -hmm. what you want to know is, am I really having a heart attack? I mean, it's possible you are. But the reassurance that comes from knowing that I'm not having a panic attack is uh, also very... a heart attack, yeah. Because then you start to look elsewhere and think, 
uh, well, this came upon me usually mm-hmm. as some kind of a surprise attack. Right. Um, and That's... my reaction, you know, get me out of here. I don't want to feel this. Maybe I can't breathe. Maybe my heart is beating really fast. Mm-hmm. So I have this fear of imminent death. And mm-hmm. what uh, we talked a lot about the fight and flight mechanism that God has mm-hmm. built into our bodies so that we can get out of the way of danger. Yep. But Satan has figured out a way to trigger us so that we leap into the... Uh, high adrenaline mm-hmm. and it's even very helpful to say to myself this is a I hate it I don't like the feeling of it but I'm not going to die adrenaline isn't going to kill me Satan has triggered me again and I'm going to rest in the fact that my God loves me and that he's in charge of my life and I'm going to stand up to mm-hmm. whatever attack this is that's coming upon me. Well, yeah, but if you, before that happens, though, of course, and this is, you know, very good to review, and I would encourage people to go and listen. You know, the thing is people have to recognize it is a demonic attack, and I think that's the first place we kind of go wrong is we think, like you mentioned already, uh, it's a surprise attack. A lot of times it happens when you're just waking up in the morning or, yep. you know, when when you're you know when there's a re-traumatizing uh, post-traumatic stress where there's a sound or a smell or something that's neurological that's embedded like a trigger inside of us that that triggers that this going back to a terrible uh, terror trauma in your life and so we kind of search that after and I I agree with you we should go first to the emergency room to make sure it's not a heart attack um, I had one friend one time. They called the ambulance for her. I was right in the middle of a, oh, my goodness, my phone's ringing. Oh, holy buckets. <laughs> what next? What do we want to do here? Here um, Is that she thought she was having a heart attack, and she was actually, when they put her, hooked her all up and brought the ambulance and da-da-da, it was, it was a panic attack, and I think you're right. So people can check that out, cross that off the list. Your heart is fine. I right. actually, you know, yeah. So, but... What you said about a surprise attack, I think then we go to the next thing of what do I do? Uh, what did I do wrong? What, how, you know, we're always looking for to try to figure something out. So what did you do when these first started attacking you, coming on you? What, how did you, what happened? Well, first of all, I had no idea what was happening. Okay. I wasn't educated in this at all, and so I didn't... I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So education makes a difference in terms of what level we we let the panic get to. Of course, our bodies are um, are a turf for Satan to to uh, come after us in any way that um, he can get an opening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. The other thing is, um, if you go to a secular counselor, you know, they can help you to a certain extent by telling you to be calm, to, you know, mm-hmm. they but, they either don't recognize that Satan is behind mm-hmm. this whole thing or they have decided that 
I don't want to risk my job, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Well, that's just it. And see, but if you don't put this in the right context, you know, if you don't ask the right questions, you'll never get the right answers. And really, I know this is a a blessing for Christians to be able to have the privilege of knowing that they can come to God who will never leave us or forsake us, and he's with us all the time. But going back to the... um, of what you were saying, you know, you didn't know what was going on. So the first thing you do is you go to the experts, whoever they might be. And the first thing they usually do, they'll recognize the symptoms. They've got it written down in their diagnostic manual. And so they're going to label you uh, and then give you usually some medication, which we're taught to use as the solution. A lot of times we, we go to the doctor now for pills. Uh, right. We go there for, you know, whatever tests, whatever recommendations they're making. Uh, because, like you just had mentioned um, before, we don't ever want to go back to this. It's so terrible, um, scary, that we'll do anything to never have this happen again. I think that's the the power that motivates people to go ahead and take the drugs uh, right. and try to figure it out. Right, so exactly. Did you, go on, did you, did you do, follow that route, or how did you kind of come to recognize it was spiritual you know um it was a long journey it -hmm. was um you know a long depression that went along with it Mm -hmm. and after i gave my life to christ and started reading my bible Mm -hmm. that was my first glimmer of hope uh-huh. But I still didn't know how to apply it. I did mm-hmm. not know how to recognize Satan's involvement in this whole thing. Uh-huh. You know, yep. God plus me equals all the trouble I see is the world's interpretation of of life. Mm-hmm. Um, can't be true. You know, mm-hmm. it's God plus Satan plus me that equals all the trouble I see. And so right. I had to start studying who Satan was. I had to start realizing Jesus said that Satan was a liar and the father of lies. And so I had to say to myself, is what I'm believing a lie? Mm-hmm. You know, when you get panicky, you are grasping at anything. You know, you might, right. you might, start uh, self-medicating with sugar, for instance, or mm-hmm. having a lot of sex, or ways of trying to make yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. And even if you go on the medication, <clears throat> eventually you have to come off the medication, mm-hmm. and even then that can trigger right. another panic attack just because your body is trying to right. uh, get rid of the chemicals that you had mm-hmm. put in there. Well, one of the things you're saying is interesting, it's making me think that people don't realize that we're made up of body, soul, and spirit, and it's your physical anatomy that Satan is messing with. The spirit of fear or, or anxiety or depression is coming through your soul and messing with your physical body, it's a spirit. And so your physical body is actually what is manifesting, whether it's shaking or um, 
you know, the, the release of the extra adrenaline, um, the closing in on you kind of feelings, uh, the desperation, the panic, the reaching, the grasping, all of these things. But it's, it's really, there's also a biological component to this. And right. I don't think that a lot of, I mean, I totally agree with you. We've got to get grounded spiritually. Grounded is a good word, actually, because we're electrical. You know, we're uh, made up of frequencies and vibrations and uh, little electrical uh, frequencies in our body. There's a certain range, actually, of of health, a range of health where your EMFs, um, or, no, I'm sorry, megahertz, <clears throat> have to be just in, within that range to feel healthy. But if a person is, uh, depleted, worn out, exhausted, and a lot of these people are sleep deprived, uh, right. and and they're not eating properly. Their their minerals are depleted. They don't have enough of the trace minerals in their body, for example. And if you think about it in an analogy of a, of a copper wiring and and an electrical circuit, it's we're we're really a lot the same. And those nerves need to have the trace minerals, the copper, the magnesium, is uh, manganese, all these things, in order to conduct properly and smoothly the images the mes- the messages the electrical impulses that go through your body which basically a neurological impulse is life so you know when you're when you're down and you're exhausted and you're not eating right and you're scared or you're coming off of a medication and you're withdrawing you're all just think of all the inundation of stimuli negative terrifying stimuli that's hitting your hypothalamus at that moment Right. And, and you don't you don't know what to do, so you're anxious. Anxious is I've got to do something, but I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm being drowning, and I don't know how to save. It's like it is like drowning, actually. It's very much like drowning. And I'll tell you what, what was very helpful helpful to me um, was a secular counselor telling me, imagine yourself in Lake Superior, and the waves are, you know. 15 inches high, and they are coming over you, but you know how to float. And so, but you what? But you, but you broke don't up. know how to float. Okay. So you're not drowning. So you say to yourself, okay, this is a wave of panic, but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not drowning. This mm-hmm. is just another wave and another wave and another wave until adrenaline, it takes, you know, matter maybe 10 minutes for the adrenaline to settle down. And so what you tell yourself in the meantime there is very important. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not dying. I'm not having a heart attack. I'm not drowning. I'm not indeed imminent. My God is here with me. And he mm-hmm. is under control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I'm became, not dying. Yeah. yeah, that mm-hmm. became very important to me to start telling myself the truth. You were speaking about body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the body and the reaction that came there, but we haven't talked about the mind and how Satan has mm-hmm. attacked. And we are sometimes surprised to find out that panic is coming out of what I'm telling myself. Right, or believing, yeah, exactly. But, and I think you're absolutely right about um, telling yourself, I'm not dying, I'm not going to die, because I think that is the lie in the mind. 
And so what Satan does is he kind of reinforces that fear, that terror, that dread with your body freaking out, your physical body with, um, you know, the, the shaking, the nerves, the adrenaline, the whatever is going on physically that he does to make you feel like you're drowning, suffocating, being overwhelmed, alone, blacking out, whatever those, losing control physically. And then he, he reinforces that. He's using that to reinforce what he's telling your mind that you're going to die. Now, the thing is, even in the midst of what you're saying uh, and what you're advised to do, tell yourself, I'm not dying. Well, how do you have any authority to tell yourself and have any credibility with yourself to tell yourself, I'm not dying, if you're feeling so strongly in every every area, every stimuli, every influence that's coming in you and at you that you are dying? So really, we have to go to the next level of authority, and that would be God, because it's not me that can save myself or keep myself. I mean, it's like self-talk. Um, how can you self-talk and teach yourself anything if you don't know anything? I mean, you have to go read a book. You have to look at the Internet. You have to go to an authority. You have to really understand that the knowledge and revelation is we, we gain it by going and and, and receiving it from an outside source because we aren't built with all that information. And so but we go to part God. Of the, part of the problem there is that you made a vow. I okay. vow never to feel this again. I can't stand this feeling. I, okay, I had a bank. I'm not going back to the bank. I had a panic attack at the drugstore. I'm not going back to the drugstore. I'm sure. vowing mm-hmm. to not feel this again, partly because... I feel so helpless and so alone, and I likely do not know God mm-hmm. and His care at that point. So, so at this point, then you're using, you're trying to figure out, uh, get the figure out the cause, the reason uh, for the panic attack. You think it's the bank, or it's riding in the car, or it's you know drinking tea, or whatever it is that's happening at that moment. So we're associating. But- the uh, panic attack. And so what it's actually doing is beginning to limit and restrict you. Now you won't drive in a car. Now you won't go to the bank. Now you don't drink tea anymore. And, you know, but the problem is some things we cannot eliminate from our life, like waking up in the morning. You know, I think some people are afraid to wake up. Some are afraid to go to sleep. Some can't stay asleep. It's like torment, torment, everywhere torment. And the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear, and fear has torment and I believe a lot of us, because the world is very unsafe, it's hostile, it's aggressively hostile, and now it's even more so than it's ever been before. Uh, I, you know, I won't even go into the details of, of on every level and in every sphere and dimension, they're trying to basically, there's an assault against the human being. But, um, you know, we, we, we want to make ourselves safe. But going back to the pro- the problem is I cannot. Depression says I have to solve this problem and I can't. I don't know what to do. Anxiety says I've got to. I'm confused. But I, if I don't do this, I'm going to die. Um, but the, the the real source is in the Almighty Maker, the Lover of uh, the One who made us, the One who kept keeps us. Which I think people, uh, when they have, do you, when you have a panic attack, do do you feel like you're bad or you did something bad? Is there a guilt component to it? Have you Not for me, that? because um, in my case, um, it was all about not being okay because of abuse in the past. So I think abuse is okay, a so separate it, case from that. Okay, well, you say so. Well, 
not being okay. So you're kind of in an agreement with I'm not okay. And um, so therefore it kind of translates into your body. I'm not okay. And going back to the, um, just one more comment I just thought about when you said, I thought it was very interesting when you said you make a vow. Yep. I'm never going to go to the bank again. There is a demon who comes in to hold you to that vow. And so when you start to go to the bank, or if you want to change that, you know, go back to um, being free to travel where you like, there will be a retaliation. There will be a, a, a demonic instructor or conditioner uh, reinforcing the, uh, the, the fear to keep you and restrict you, keep you limited. That's why uh, you have to be aware that if you made a vow with something like, I'm never going to do that again, you have to cancel that vow out before the Lord God and just say it basically, Lord, I believed a lie. It's not going to the bank that gives me a panic attack. It's not eating green vegetables that gives me a stomach ache. It, because those are your prescription for my body. So I cancel out every agreement I've made with the spirit of fear that's trying to control me right now. And I cancel out through the blood of Jesus. And I declare, I will, I am free to go to the bank or to eat the vegetables or drink the tea or drive the car. You have to do that, people. Because this is spiritual. Everything here is about power. Everything here is about agreements we make with the devil, which gives him our, a power over us. And so you cancel it out through the, agree- the agreements because, again, the rule in the war, there's one rule in the war, we have to understand there is a war, is whom you yield yourself, servant to obey his slave, you become. You can also address the spirit of panic and fear directly and anxiety, can't you? I mean, have you ever yep. done that, Joanne? Oh, absolutely. But I think that, uh, honestly, it's hard for people who are chronically panicky to believe you when you say, this is a spiritual problem. Mm -hmm. And I found that the most helpful thing that I can do or I can tell someone else to do at that point is get your Bible out, dust it off, Mm-hmm. Open it up, say to God, okay, show me. Mm-hmm. I want I want to know the truth, and I want to know you, but I've always thought that you didn't much care for me, mm-hmm. and I always thought that uh, you weren't paying any attention to the fact that I see my life as so troubled. Mm-hmm. I want you to be real, I want to trust you, but I don't know you. Right. So I want you to reveal yourself to me in this book. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, here's here's the, the the dilemma, that God loves us, God is good, God made us to live, he made us to know his love, he made us to rejoice in that love and to be um, okay, to be right. um, protected. But... We are in this world where the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, is the God of this world. So he he has set this world up to be a cauldron of torment and terror and torment and trouble and whatever. And 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 so and trauma. So when we are in this cauldron, this snake pit, um we are looking at our circumstances, looking at the injustices, the shame, the violations. Uh, the abandonment, and feel we are abandoned by God. Therefore, we feel unsure of looking to God because we feel like either God is mad at me because I deserve this somehow because I'm not perfect or I did, I did, I broke a law or something. And so it's a justified punishment in our eyes. But really what's happened 
is we don't understand that God must permit the enemy to, he must grant the enemy's request. When Satan comes before God, which he did with Job, which he does with all of us, to accuse us of things. And if we agree with the lie and side with the enemy, enemy. then God is obligated to grant the enemy what he's requesting. And so we must present ourselves before the court. And as Jesus is our advocate, we declare God, we confess our sins, we, we agree with God, cancel out the lie. And so the thing is, going back to what that all looks like in a panic attack, is I'm tempted to believe that I'm abandoned and alone. I'm tempted to believe I did something bad. I'm tempted to believe God is mad at me and there is no devil. Right. And, and so if you, if you believe all that stuff, then you are definitely feeling very alone. And I think we judge God a lot of times not realizing we're judging him because we're judging him as one who has abandoned us, who's failed to keep his promises, who doesn't love us when he says it all through the book, I love you, I love you, I love you. But he also shows us a lot of very bad things that happen to people who don't believe that and um, who believe the liar. So the liar then controls their life, and then God has to bring judgment. And then we get all confused because it says in the Bible, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And, 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 and so he's training us up. He's, he's disciplining us. But we don't see that discipline as love or as uh, having a good end. We just think God's mad at me, and that's right. why I have this panic attack. So we don't really put the devil in the equation. Right. We do not believe that we are lovable. Maybe we don't yeah. even believe that God made us. Well, maybe that was the first lie that you uh, came out of the abuse was that I'm not lovable. I'm, you know, I'm not lovable. I'm, I'm ruined. You know, or... the first lie really is, the first lie really is, I'm all alone. I may be stuck here, but mm-hmm. I am going to protect myself because I'm the only one who cares about me. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one who cares about my future, my life. Mm-hmm. And... I think we have to bring that before the Lord and say, mm-hmm. well, Lord, yeah. you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry mm-hmm. that I haven't trusted you up until now, but it was because I thought nobody cared. I thought, no, Lord, I didn't honestly know that what you had for me was better than what I would have for me. Well, and the reason is it's, it's a natural rea- it's a natural survival reaction. When you're alone and you're young <clears throat> or not aware of the love of God at some point or you've not been instructed or raised up in that, and that's why children should be taught early on the, the presence of God and the goodness of God. But So I'm all alone. When you come into that, first of all, the enemy sets you up with the trauma. He brings you into that place of of fear, terror, dread, violation, abuse, assault, whatever it is. He gets you to feel very, very alone. That's demon number one, problem number one. Then demon number two brings a solution to problem number one, and it is I'm, I got to take care of myself. I'm alone. I'm the only one, like you said, who cares about what happens to me. But that is a protector demon. That is right. not, that is not even you. You think it's you. And you allow it to operate in you and to counsel you and to tell you, give, show you what to do, give you solutions to problems, whether it's run, hide, you know, uh, avoid this, whatever. You, you take direction from that thing, but it is a demonic spirit, a protector demon who's counseling you to 
as if he would protect you, but he's doing it as if he is you. So it's a first-person impersonator. So we right. call those protector demons or false benefactors. They're, they're liars. Um, but until you recognize that is not you, because why? Why do we fall for that? Well, because he speaks right into our minds and right into our hearts. And he puts a first-person pronoun on whatever he says, so you don't even judge it as, could this possibly be a lie? You know, we don't recognize how we're tempted. We're tempted through the thoughts that we think, that we think are our thoughts. And some people are trying to take uh, control over the thoughts that they think, and and so they want to avoid temptation. But you cannot stop the devil from tempting you. When he puts a thought in your mind that's not yours, I mean, people think, oh, well, yeah, if he tempts me to steal, I know that's that's uh that's a demon. That's a that's a temptation. We don't know if it's a demon. We say, Well that's a temptation. But we don't realize that some of the temptations are far more subtle than that. When you're tempted to believe that you need to take care of yourself, you're all alone and you've got to um do whatever you've got to do to stay safe. Right. right. So so when you're when you are working through all of this, um when when did you begin to realize that uh, this wasn't just you taking care of yourself? I'm all alone. It's up to me. I'm the only one who cares about myself. Well, Interesting. When did you... um, I'll tell you a little story about that. I've probably never told anyone. <laughs> I was working downtown, and I mm-hmm. um, I would park at a rather far away parking lot because it was cheap. Mm-hmm. And somebody said to me, well, aren't you afraid to to walk in that area of town to get to the parking lot? Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, no. And I realized that I was not afraid because I had a demonic friend who said he would protect me, who I knew was stronger mm-hmm. than anyone I would encounter. Now, I did not... I didn't even know that until the person asked me a question and and, and God revealed that to me. So wow. I had to come to a point of realizing that, yes, I had taken on um, demonic support. And I think this happens mm-hmm. to most little children who are mm-hmm. abused, that they have an imaginary friend or two or they... Uh, mm-hmm. They have some kind of protection that that a demon has offered them. Yes, and, and it's I, partly I, because if God mm-hmm. was going to protect me, He let this happen to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm all alone. My, you know, the adults around me are taking care of me. So who do I got left? Yeah, I get you. But I think you're not. Not only do people. Um, uh, uh, engage the services of a protector demon on that level. I believe it even happens uh, early on in the womb. Like, for example, when children are adopted or abandoned and they're not, you know, they're adopted out. Um, I'm not saying when they're adopted by another parent that's coming to the home or something, but that first adoption situation where you're abandoned alone on your own, always protector demons come into that situation uh, to offer. And that child is going to be harder to talk, to reach because they're still independent. Um, uh, they're untrusting. Um, people, kids, babies who are born colicky, uh, who are born with a trauma in their birth process, whether it's the cord wrap around the neck or the uh, stuck in the womb sort of thing or mothers dying. And 
all of those traumatic experiences Satan sets up, he sets them up to use as an opportunity to introduce himself to you as a friend. Uh, right. I remember one time we were doing an interview on the streets of Anoka, uh, and the question was, who is the devil? And uh, these kids, we invited them to come, especially those who had had some uh, activities or involvements with Satanism and whatnot. And the one kid said, he's your very best friend. He's your very best friend. He'll give you whatever you want. And that's exactly how the devil gets in, because he does at first offer a false comfort, whether it's the first puff on the cigarette, the first, you know, uh, whatever it is, he, he will always appear at first, you know, to be a friend, a benefactor, and then just give him five seconds and you see what's really going on. So I'm glad. Well, so what did you do then when you realized you had been being, um, your bodyguard was a demon, so to speak? Well, at that point, I knew enough scripture and had had enough counseling that I knew that I had to go to God and repent of having taken on a demon for my protection. Mm-hmm. And by then, I had enough relationship to God, with God and enough truth of the word to know that he is my protection. And so I would go to Psalm 23 or I would go to Psalm 91 and declare those verses out loud. Maybe Isaiah 41. Mm -hmm. So that I would be able to declare the truth of the word. The other thing that I'm noticing with a lot of people is that there's a strong belief that I'm going crazy when you're having a panic attack. I'm different than the people around me I'm the troubled one. I put on a uh, a face, a public face, mm-hmm. but inside I'm going crazy. I am, I am just troubled. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very interesting that you said I'm going crazy. I think that you know a lot of people also kind of this takes off on, and this is probably another way and reason people panic is for hearing voices in their heads or um, feeling like they're watched or, you know, we can call that paranoia. We've, we've just done those things. But you know what? I I find that people who are hearing voices in their head are just as normal as other people. The problem is that they're hearing voices in their head. Right, no, exactly. Normal people. It's just a temptation. It's just another It's just another attack, so to speak. It's different. You know, some people are attacked by getting earaches and some people are attacked by demons speaking in their head as if there's... And, and you know those demons speaking in your head are the voices that are not you, but you somehow, you know that, you know, there's an evil presence or there's something going on and you don't know what to do about it. But the best thing to do if you're listening to this show and you don't know what to do is to call out the name of Jesus Christ and rebuke the thing and ask the Lord to deliver you through his blood or through the sword of his word. Um, I'm going to give the number right now, Joanne, just so people, if they want to call in, they... They can do that. It's 347-215-8051. That's 347-215-8051. And um, back to the going crazy, um, why do you, uh, What has that ever happened to you where you feel like you're the only one troubled, you've got to pretend like you're okay, or you've heard voices in your head? Anything like that ever attack you? Uh well, this is a really interesting story. I used to have these dreams where I could fly. Mm-hmm. And 
sometimes my twin sister would be in the dream with me, but we would be able to fly up over our house and do looks in the air, and uh, we could get away from anyone who might be trying to uh, okay. attack us Chase physically you. or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I would have these dreams in the night, and they were rather pleasurable. Mm-hmm. So I got up one morning, and I heard a voice say to me, so you really like that. If you want me to give you more power like that, just bow down to me. Ooh. How In, old were you? I was probably 45. Okay. Well. Instantly, God took me back to the temptation of Jesus yeah. in, in the desert. Yeah. And I thought to myself, how dumb are you, demon, <laughs> that you would think that I wouldn't recognize that you're doing to me exactly what you did to Jesus. Yeah. And so I responded exactly the way Jesus did, by by quoting the word back to him. Mm-hmm. Never have heard from him again. Oh, great. See, but the thing is, if a person doesn't know that scripture and that temptation, and they... And and you know like like I think and when people are intoxicated or under the influence of hallucinatory drugs and things, jump off this temple, jump off this bridge, you know, jump out of this window. I, I and or maybe they're pushed to you know a lot of this. There's so much stuff out there, but going back to dreams and flying and trying to just little by little, it sounds like the enemy is trying to set you up to yeah. get you to. Um, to to call upon him to rely upon him to, instead of the Lord, you know, which well, I think. The, I, the interesting ahead. thing is that I think if we look at these kind of attacks in our life, we can spot what our purpose is. Mm-hmm. We can see that, oh, I'm being attacked in the area of my purpose. Right, most heavily attacked in the area of your greatest gifting, right? So yours is actually to unravel the mysteries of iniquity around panic attacks and right. giving people hope. Because once you're in that place of the panic attack, you're pretty much um, uh, sh- shot down. You're pretty much, uh, I don't know what's the word. Uh, you're not free. You're you're bound. Oh, you're, you're, um, you're hardly functioning. Yeah, right. Know. Yeah. Yeah. You're... Um, grounded so to speak and and you're not flying you're not moving forward you're not in the place of life and vitality and hope you're just in the survival mode is obviously what it is and a lot of things that trouble people so desperately like this even within the church the church uh and or you know friends and even doesn't even have to be the church friends send you off to the professionals to get you medicated and that's really not the solution and and you know what those Sometimes the medications are chemicals that even toxify your body more. There's so many things that can be physically wrong. Uh, and as we are more and more given over to the fear, there's many, many things the medical community will try to do to people. I know people who have had many, many, um, uh, you know, they've come off the meds, the anti-anxiety meds. And then, of course, there's the retaliation the enemy, you know, they wake up in the morning and they can't get out of bed. They're terrified. They're paralyzed. They're feeling like they're drowning, all these things, desperate, going to die. Um, and it's a retaliation because they don't want to be on the meds. And the, the longer you are on the anti-anxiety meds, 
may I, I just don't want to say this even, but it's the harder is sometimes to get off. Not all the time. We won't pers- pronounce that curse on people, because if you ask the Lord to remove the 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 uh, mass the um, withdrawal effects, uh, He is able to do that. So just ask Him. You don't lose anything by asking, and it, it just come to Jesus all the time. Lord, help me. Lord, have mercy on me. You know, sometimes, you know, we talk about people who they're so panicky, they don't know what to say or do. Um, And here's the perfect prayer, I would say, and it's very simple. It's just, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, you know, um, and that'll take care of everything. Lord, have mercy on me. Because you're in the right place. You're in a place of humility or a place of asking. Um, And you can also say, then, Lord, show me what's going on here. But a lot of times when people are in that place, they're so panicky, they don't even know what to do. So something very simple um, has to be the solution. Um, you know so what I did you, in my most desperate times? Yeah, I was just going to ask you, what what did you do? I, Satan would wake me two hours early every morning, panicky about uh-huh. the future or whatever. Uh-huh. I didn't know very much what to do, but I would take my Bible and go back to bed, put the Bible over my heart, just clutch it while I'm laying there and say, God, I know your word is true. I choose you and your word. I choose your protection that's in this word, and I'm going back to sleep. Yeah, and you did, didn't you? Yeah. You know, Psalm 69, I'm just, I just opened my Bible to that a little bit ago. It's really a, an appropriate uh, uh, psalm for people who need something to read on this area. Um, David, the psalmist, uh, they really had a lot of these emotional battles. And we always think that David's enemy was some king somewhere, or some Saul or some... But, you know, I really believe David's biggest enemies are the ones that we don't get, the, the, the emotional, the the fear, the terror, the dread. I mean, some of the situations, for example, that he was in, he, um, you know, he, he, it was his own fear that he had overcome by the grace of God. But he says here in Psalm 69, verse 1, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I yep. sink in deep mire. Um, where there is no standing, I, I've come into deep waters, where the floods overflow me. I'm weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail for waiting for my God. And so here's the test. Are you going to believe God even though you're in the middle of a panic attack? You're waiting, which is another test. You're waiting for God. It's not bad enough that you have one test, which is the panic and anxiety. But the second one is the duration um, and the fear that this is never going to end. I think that's another big lie that people struggle with. Um, um, and then he goes on in verse 13 of that psalm. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. It It is the ex, in the acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of your mercies. Hear me in the truth of yourself and deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me not Let me be delivered from those who hate me out of the deep waters. Let not the overflood, the floodwaters overflow me. See, he's really talking a lot about exactly what we are talking about. Now let the deep, right. nor let the deep water swallow me up, and let not the pit shut its mouth on me. Hear me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. 
turn to me according to the multitude of your tender mercies and do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw near to my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of my enemies. That's Psalm 69, verses 13 through 18. Notice how he's exactly what you said. Here the psalmist is doing the same thing. You clutch your Bible. You say, Lord, I'm going to believe the promises in this book and I'm going to trust in your protection. This is really where we must go because the only protection we really have in this world right now and ever and for always is the Lord himself. And David was doing the same thing. We don't know what what trauma he was going through at that moment, but he felt like he was also drowning, and he cried out to God. And I, um, I lived on Psalm 40 for a long time uh-huh. because okay. it says, He lifted me up out of the miry bog, and oh, he yeah. set my feet upon a rock, mm-hmm. making the fear. Yeah. All I knew at first was, He's that rock, and he said he's setting me upon himself, and so I'm just going to trust in that. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the rock. Right, exactly. He's a perfect antidote for drowning uh, in the mire or in the sea is the rock, Christ Jesus. And for those who don't yet know that, that this was also part of your salvation when you accepted Jesus when he died on the cross, your healing uh, by his stripes were healed, and this is a this might be a neurological, biological, a spiritual combination of things that you need to be healed from. But there is hope, and I think that's another problem: is people um, see no end to this. They're, you're so locked in the moment that the sun stops shining, and the future is gone, and there's no joy in your life. And right. again, yeah, go ahead, talk about that a little well, bit if you want. One of the things you, that you want to think is. Well, what I want is joy and love and peace. And where does the Bible say that comes from? Mm-hmm. It says it's a fruit of my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing that, uh, you know, people don't want to hear that this is a process, but it really is because you have believed a series of lies, not just one lie. You've taken mm-hmm. on a series of lies that that had to do with um, the attack that you were under. I don't think most people realize that every child is attacked by Satan in some way to get the child to to change the programming of the child so that they feel badly about themselves and they 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 don't trust God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this whole process that a person has to go through to get past panic is to reverse what Satan did there, to allow God to change my opinion of myself and my opinion of him mm-hmm, so exactly. that we aren't believing lies anymore and that we are now... Uh, One of the things that that I'd like to uh, talk about for a minute is what the person is thinking when they read a verse like, be anxious for nothing. Mm -hmm. The person, or Jesus saying, fret not or fear not. Oh, that's another good one, Psalm 37. And the person says, well, that's nice. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd like to be anxious for nothing, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do that. I 
do you have a step-by-step program for me? Well, we're always looking for a program, are we? Or a step-by-step or a one, two, three step or ten steps or something. But in Philippians where he says, um, be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4, 6, the verses right before that, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So what we do, what the Bible says, the Bible says, I can rejoice in everything. So I start to rejoice, whether I feel like it or not. It's not a matter of feeling. Rejoicing isn't really about a feeling. It's about an obedience, an act of obedience. So as I begin to rejoice or call upon the Lord or praise Him, I think praising the Lord, too, uh, gets your mind on another track, gets you off the torture track, off the torture rack. And so you begin to rejoice in the Lord, praise Him. Um, Praying in tongues is another good thing if people want to do that or know how to do that. Then it says, the peace of God which goes beyond understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I think the enemy tries to get into our mind and understanding to make us believe I have to take care of myself um, or I'm alone and I need this, um, you know, whatever, you know, medication. But focusing on Jesus, you know, and if you can't focus on him, then ask the Holy Spirit inside of you to do it for you. Holy Spirit, is says, keep his eyes, he will keep him in perfect peace, his mind is stayed upon thee, Holy Spirit, keep my mind stayed upon Jesus. And it's not about discipline or self uh, willpower or self-control. It's really about resting. It's about being okay, knowing you're okay, knowing that nothing is going to happen to you that God does not know about it. The sparrows don't fall from the sky without God knowing about it. Everything is known by God. And so let's take a minute, Joanne, to break. I'm going to do a little quick commercial here. As a matter of fact, I would like the people who are hearing this to think about this as a possibility, as a Christmas gift. It's God on trial. And, you know, this. all of our tests and trials are really God on trial. He's being tested in the hearts and minds of all of us. Is he good? Is he faithful? So listen to this, and we'll get right back to you, Joanne. The heavens shook. Satan fell. The war in heaven was ended, but the war on earth had just begun. Dare you to let me test them? Would you test them to find fault with me? Let them choose for themselves whom they will serve. Perfect disguise. So subtle and yet alluring. <laughs> you will be more like him. That is why he has marked it as separate. More like him here delicious you see nothing to fear but I am afraid of one thing oh what is it my darling what about Adam Adam where are you Adam. You lied to us. It's time you all suffer like he made me suffer. Those two are guilty and they will pay. Unless one can be found who is willing to pay the penalty for them. I demand my rights to a fair trial to determine my rights. 
You shall have your trial in the very hearts and souls of those you so freely seek to destroy. Well, then let them judge this matter. Let the accused become the judge. And the judge become the accused. There you have it. This is a sample of the God on Trial series that's available uh, in 30-minute episodes um, through Life Recovery, liferecovery.com. Great Christmas gift. Kids love it. We are we go through the story of creation of this segment, the fall, and then what God did about it, and obviously how the enemy begins to call God into court, and Jesus appears on the earth. It's quite an interesting little little uh, uh, presentation of the gospel. So, liferecovery.com, God on trial. Um, hey, I hear we have a caller. Hello? Hello? Hi. Uh, I just I just wondered, if someone, like, I mean, I had panic attacks in the past, but if you're recently having panic attacks, or if there's just, like, a spirit of fear, it's just, mm-hmm. like, hovering over you, or you're, like, where, where, like, now it's just, like, part of something that you don't quite understand what, I don't know, what, what verses would you say would be good to meditate on to kind of just mm-hmm. um, rebuke that, okay. how, like yeah. that demonic stronghold. Okay, well, well, let's have Joanne. So the question is that you feel a spirit hovering over you, kind of, is what you're saying? And yeah. how would you rebuke that spirit? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Joanne, do you have any um, experience or thoughts on that and what you did? If you had that, you know, uh, um, I think the one thing that we haven't really emphasized is the authority that Jesus left with us because mm-hmm. of His success on the cross. Do yeah. we have the authority? We have the power over these kind of demons. We can use the word, the sword of the word. We have His blood. We have His name. We have these mm-hmm. tools that He has given us. And we tend to be um, reticent to use them. We we tend to kind of sit back instead of taking the uh, offensive, the, the, the offensive, and saying, yeah. "No, you don't. You spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. You're not coming back. Mm-hmm. I dealt with you once. You're not coming mm-hmm. back. You're mm-hmm. just trying to get another." doorway into my life and I say mm-hmm. no you're mm-hmm. not going to do that to me you're not going to be here you're not going to talk to me I'm not going to mm-hmm. listen to you and speak about who Jesus is to you I think that, yeah. that fear of the future is one of the big things that we deal with and I have found that the most helpful thing that I can say is I am okay because he is okay. He knows the future. He's already in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, going back to that authority thing, Joanne, you're right. We hadn't spoken much about that. But for our caller, I'd like to, to just say to you um, that, you know, this is what we don't do. We think, well, you know, he's just beaten me up for the last 12 years of my life. How dare I, you know, tell him what to do and where to go? But when you cancel out the agreement, I cancel out every agreement I made with the spirit of fear, panic, terror, dread, shaking, dread, whatever it is. 
um, I cancel out my agreements with you and ask Jesus to show you because he will where you originally signed on that con- that contract and right. come into that agreement. And then the Lord will also show you as you ask him, what's the truth you want me to know about this trauma moment where Satan was um, conditioning me or setting me up or binding me in this contract with fear? Um, show you, Show me the truth. And that is what you said earlier. That is the revelation of Jesus Christ that brings he- healing and calm and peace to that. But when you're when you're feeling the spirit hovering over you or in your room or some people at night, you know, they feel a demon presence or something, just put your finger out and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I belong to the kingdom of God. You're trespassing. Get out of here. I come against you with the blood of Jesus. You have no right here. Uh, and if you feel like they're not, usually when you just say the name of Jesus Christ, they kind of freak out and go, um, but if it's, a, if it's bigger than that, then just continue to call upon the Lord. And if they don't leave, then just say, Jesus, Son of God, they're not listening to me, and then let him deal with it. And and so you do need to really be aware. A lot of people, I think, in their panic attacks are not aware that it's something they can do something about. I mean, they've tried but, to do a lot of stuff about it, but they've really not tried to take any authority because they're already feeling, like, beaten down. So, um, yeah, and then the fact that you're afraid it's going to come back. Well, it may come back, and you know some. This is not. Uh, we wrestle not against uh, flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And we think, we think sometimes if something comes back, that somehow I didn't do it right, or it didn't work, or um, I wasn't really healed. I know one gal one time we prayed. It was a very intense situation. Uh, she'd been under this controlling spirit for a long, long time. And when it finally left her, we, when we'd finished the counseling session, it was pretty much leaving. But it re- revisited her several, uh, I think, two or three days later. And it just kind of like pushed her to the ground, mauled her. But she wrestled with that thing in the spirit until she, you know, she just cried out to Jesus. And I think she probably cried out for two days and then the thing left her. And it hasn't, you know, never came back. So sometimes when you... You you know we we think oh it didn't work oh I did something wrong I must have not done it right just don't that's another liar that's another liar in your mind trying to he's helping the first demon out by getting you to back off and shut up don't rebuke both of them you spirit in my head right now telling me to back off I did it wrong I rebuke you get out of here go to the pit I come against you with the blood of the lamb you, you see and we don't how many times if you listen to your mouth. Your mouth will tell you exactly what you're listening to. It's it says the Bible says what the heart is full of, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in your heart and mind, and a lot of times what's coming out of your mouth is reinforcing the fear. It's reinforcing the oh no and the what if, That's and right. uh, it didn't work. You have to rebuke them. They're also demons. They're they're little lesser demons that are coming in to support the panic attack demon, or the the anxiety demon, or the lust demon, or whatever. You need to be aware and and get pay attention to what your mouth is saying, and when you hear it, say whoa, 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 that's not my idea. That's not what I want. I'm not agreeing with it's never going to change. I commend you, lying spirit, who said it's never going to change. I commend you to leave, and all those who work with you or act like you or have the same assignment as you. I rebuke you. I send you to the pit. I cast you out because that is the authority Jesus gave us when He says, "I give you power over all the power of the enemy." Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So, a very good point. So, when these things have these things come back to attack you, 
and um, Joanne, and how do you handle that? Well, one thing I would say to this man is God promises, as a word, whatever I can find in his word, I can stand on. And when he, when yep. I go to him and say, deliver me, I can read it right out of his word. Uh-huh. And he will do it. You know, the other thing is Philippians okay. 4 tells us, think on these things. And you know yeah. what? When you're panicky, you don't want to think on whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever right. is of good report. I want to mm-hmm. think on whatever is panicking me. Mm-hmm. Not so a I good got, idea. So I got two assignments for this young man. Oh, number one is go through your scriptures. You know, Just kind of make it a start somewhere. Maybe Psalms is good. And write down any verses that would have to do with um, deliverance from fear, like fret not, uh, Psalm 37, Psalm 40, Psalm 69. And then also make a list, second assignment, make a list of all the things that are true, lovely, honest, of good report, um, you know, things you're thankful for. Um, just make lists. Lord, I'm thankful that I can see. I'm thankful I have eyes that work. That's a great, great, great blessing. Think about people who are blind and can't see and are locked in darkness all their lives. So my eyes are wonderful, precious. I thank you for them, Lord God. I thank you that I can breathe. I can thank you that I actually can get air in my lungs and I can breathe because a lot of times in panic, you feel like you're suffocating or drowning. So take a deep breath and say, Lord, I thank you. And if there's something blocking, and that's another part of the panic attack, I think we haven't even talked about that yet, is the, the spirit of death that oftentimes sits on a person's lungs and grasps their lungs so they cannot breathe. And then, of course, you that's an asthma attack. When kids are um, going through asthma attacks and parents are freaking out as well, I, I, the, the parent's reaction is can either make it better or worse. It's like when they right. fall down and they're riding a bike and you make a big deal out of the owie or you just kiss it and, and put a little band-aid on it and say, you know, and even if it is serious, what you want to do is not freak out in front of the child. And when they're having an asthma attack, the best thing you do is you pray. You're the authority. You take authority over that spirit of suffocation or death or can't breathe. You take the sword of God's word and you rebuke it. When it's a spirit of pain troubling your child or fever, Jesus rebuked those things. He didn't, you know, um, I'm not saying don't use what common sense would give you and what the Lord would direct you to do in terms of other things, but take that first spiritual authority to go after this thing that's attacking your child. It's the same thing you would do if some physical thing was attacking your child. You'd go after it, you know, whether it's a dog or a, a human or, you know, whatever. You would just instinctively know what to do. So instinctively know in the spirit that you take authority over that spirit of asthma. You say, no, you won't. Back off. I come against you with the blood of Jesus. I call upon the name of the Lord. You're trespassing on the temple property. The most I got, this child is mine, and they belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll be, get out of here. Go to the pit. I rebuke you. you. With that kind of confidence and authority, you've got to do that, people, because this ain't going to get any nicer out here. It's going to get more intense, and you just can't wimp out and sit in the corner and suck your thumb and be scared. Get up. Say, speak with your mouth. Your mouth is a weapon. It can be used against you or for you. There's death and life in the power of the tongue. You have, God says, Jesus says, I give you power. Whatever you bind, bind it. I bind you, asthma. I bind you, attack. In my little daughter right now, I forbid you. I forbid you to conduct your operation against her. Get out of her lungs. Get out of her mind. I loose, release the revelation, the peace of Jesus Christ. I release the breath of God that she can breathe. I release 
uh, the, the, and then ask the Lord after that's all said and done, Lord, show me the lie that my little daughter or son is believing. What's the lie? And he will show you because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So he's going to show you, parent, what uh, the lie is, and then you go after the lie. I bind that lie. I bind that lie of I'm going to die. I bind that lie of, of I can't breathe. I bind that lie of, um, you know, I'm losing control. Um, I'm scared. I bind you, enemy. I com- command that spirit of I'm scared. I can't breathe. I command you. You name it by what they've just said. I can't right. breathe. Okay, the demon of I can't breathe, I bind you. I com- I cast you out. Jesus said, I give you the power to cast out demons. Why do you suppose he gave us that power? Because he knew we'd need it. And we should be using that a whole lot more for our children. You know? Why do you suppose Satan is telling us that demons aren't even real? He does not want us to believe that we have that kind of authority. He doesn't even want us to believe that demons are real. Yeah. And we've fallen for it, and the churches have fallen for it. Well, that's exactly right. And, um, you know, again, we need to eat the Word of God. We need to read it. And I get, and I know that it is the rock. It is the promise. It is. You see, Satan doesn't want us to know the Word, because when you know the Word, you know the truth. Because God, everything God gave us, he gave us in the form of a promise. You believe, you receive, you know. Um, and the promises come through... And, and then, and then there are there are conditions, obviously, like thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the neighbors thyself. Well, when we demonstrate our love for God through obeying that and saying, God, help me to love, help me to forgive, help me to, um, you know, cause your Holy Spirit to rise up in me and and give me grace, then you're not walking in that shame, that guilt, that confusion of the struggle because. You're God. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We're not finished yet, but God is is perfecting that which concerns us, and He does it even through these trials. It's you're not being tried and traumatized because you're bad. You're actually being tried and traumatized because you're very powerful, very good, and God loves you very much. And the devil is surely scared of you. You know that's right. As, as and he intends he intends for you to be able to use it. Yeah. You know, the comfort God, yeah. with which God comforted you is the comfort with which you will comfort others. That's exactly right. And so when you're going through whatever you're going through, whatever it is, whether it's a bankruptcy or a marriage difficulty or a panic attack, God is is got you in, in his university. He is teaching you through adversity, which is God's university, how to prevail against your enemy, how to overcome and how to walk in um, that place of comfort where you can then, like, as you're doing, comfort others with your comfort, so, you know, with the way you've been comforted, with the truth, the revelation of who you are. So these teachings can go abroad and spread around, and, and the truth can set people free. And, um, yeah, so, uh, well, you know what? We're kind of ending or coming near the end of our time, Joanne, but I don't know if there's some other things that we yet need to bring up. Is there anything on your mind that we want to yet talk about? One thing that I always tell people is get a journal and set aside some pages in the front or the back where you are going to write down what God did for me Mm -hmm. so that when I'm having a panic attack that's about fear of the future, I can look Mm -hmm. back and say, well, look what he did for me in the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a a, uh, comfort. Well, that's good because you're hearing it out of your own mind, and it's uh, because when you're in a panic attack, I'm sure your mind is shut down and you're not going to remember all that stuff. But you can actually read it, 
And so um, it's yourself comforting yourself, you know, um, about his faithfulness. And or write down some favorite psalms that you can turn to. Or just, Lord, have mercy oh, yeah. on me. Right. Yeah. I think the most important thing in this whole process is the revelation of Jesus Christ yeah. to you or to the person that you're working with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know what? Let's not let's pray. Father, we thank you for each one who's heard, who is going to hear for Joanne, for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord God, for keeping our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that we can be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We know that we make our requests be made known to you, Lord God. So whether the anxiety is a generalized anxiety and just worry about the future, worry about money, worry about what's going to happen, worry about what people are going to say or how it's going to turn out or a full-blown panic attack or worried about living, Lord, let your peace, your Holy Spirit, we know you're attending us always. You see everything. I pray that the revelation of your love will step in at that moment and give us the truth, speak the truth to us, that we actually have an option here, that we don't have to just believe the lie or be swept away by the devil's cunning, but that you would speak your truth to our hearts and that we would grasp it because your Holy Spirit does dwell in us. And so we thank you, Father, for the revelation of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this time of the year. We thank you, Lord, that you be glorified and praised even in the midst of this very... Uh, unstable and uncertain world that we know for sure that you and your word is true and that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So we believe that you died on the cross for us. We believe that you rose from the dead. We believe that you're coming again. We are rejoicing in that. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne. This has been great. Um, And for those of you who are listening, do you have any wrap-up thoughts here before we... Yes, I do. You have a um, CD or maybe even um, more modern than CD on anxiety, fear, and panic attacks in your store. I highly recommend it. Okay. I think it's the truth about fear, panic, and anxiety. Yeah, you're right. We do. And we've just done a couple of shows now, so we're hoping people will get those as well. You can download them to your iPod. There's lots of things in the archives um, that are free. You can use them. We've got talked about every kind of thing, uh, from witchcraft to who knows what. But uh, so, well, thank you, my dear, and it was very delightful. Uh, I'm believing also it's very, very helpful. And obviously, the way the spiritual battle went down just before this show this morning, we know <laughs> that the Prince of the Power of the Air was not happy about all this going on. And I don't think people realize, Joanne, how how much battle technically there is to get this show out. There are so there's so much technical stuff. I think it's hard for people. You were mentioning it's hard for people to find uh, how to get in the chat rooms or to get connected uh, because of the I don't know the I don't know that end of it because I never tried to get into my own show. But um, is there you know I don't know. Just uh, do you have any suggestions for those who are kind of like trying to get into the show and don't know how to do it or any suggestions on that? You know, it's a difficult system to navigate, but sometimes if you just go into the show and sit and wait for a minute, it it magically comes on. So <laughs> maybe you don't even have to push a, a start button of any sort. I haven't figured it out totally yet. Okay. Well, congratulations to all of you who have. And uh, if some of you know exactly what to do and how to make it work, maybe you can... Uh, give us a call 
Uh, so we got that in figured out so we can give that to our listeners and they can pass that on as well. So we will defeat the enemy together. All right. Well, God bless you and God bless all of you. And you have a wonderful week. And we'll see you next week. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.